it's not fair. It's not fair having the text thread blow up with both of you talking about how amazing the meetup was. It's not fair with you sharing specific details that make me wish so badly I had been there. It's not fair to go on the RFP family page and hear all of these incredible <laughs> testimonials. And then the icing on the cake was the worship video, which was oh, yeah. absolutely Woo. incredible. Mm. Man, yes, you, sir. you talk about missing something amazing. I yeah. missed something absolutely fantabulously amazing. Yes, you, you really did. did. You really <laughs> did, man. It The meetup down here in Statesboro might be one of the best weekends I've had in my life. Yeah. It was incredible just to be with family, people that are listeners of the podcast, but just to hear their stories and how all of our stories are similar but so much different and how God just interweaves through those stories to tell his story. Dude, it was <laughs> there's some really cool people. I mean, it was just a fun time. It was amazing. And you know, there were no celebrities there. Mm -mm. We were just as happy to meet them as they were to meet us. And man, it was so cool hearing their stories. And, and they would start telling me who they were. And I was like, whoa, exactly. I answered that email. You emailed us. And like I knew the story. And then they would finish it. So, so many cool stories, some that you're going to get to hear yeah. on this episode. It was just, man, what an awesome weekend. God is so good to let us experience what we experienced. Hey, man, there were some things, Brian, that happened this weekend that won't make it on this episode. But like the first night sitting at the table, just having community, just talking, two dudes realized that they went to school together at the same time. They oh, were nice. roommates at the same school, Hiles Anderson, 23, 26 years ago. And they realized that sitting at the table. They didn't know each other sitting at the table when they sat down. Like, how does that happen other than the RFP fam? We had a couple that was here that have 11 kids, and this was their first time in over wow. 20 years to go away by themselves. And they ate at Waffle House for the first time ever. That was the funniest story I've heard in a long time. I don't know. I don't know. How can you, like, be American and never have eaten at Waffle House. But <laughs> well, they, they were baptized by fire into the Waffle House culture. They it got was, it. It was amazing, yes. <laughs> they not only ate at Waffle House, but they ate at Waffle House in Statesboro, Georgia at midnight. Woo! That's a whole nother level right there. Yes, it is. So. It is. <laughs> you know, guys, seeing the pictures of the people sitting around the tables and eating together, you could see people smiling in the pictures. It made me wish that I'd been there because – I knew great fellowship was taking place. And then each yeah. time I saw pictures with the two of you in the picture, I mean, if, if you if you were a woman wearing lipstick, you'd have had a lipstick on both ears. You were smiling so big. <laughs> and um, I knew it was an incredible time. But, you know, I've also received some encouraging messages, guys. I had several people send me messages thanking me for putting my family first. They've heard us talk yeah. about that on the podcast, that family matters more than anything else. And I actually had one message that said, I never experienced that being modeled. And yeah. I, I was looking so forward to meeting you, but I'm encouraged by the fact that you modeled family first. And it was an amazing yeah. weekend. Our, our youngest daughter, Marley, turned 18 years old on Friday and then graduated on Saturday. Um, Denise and I, we worked so hard to put on this huge party for her. I'm talking about guys. It was hard work for hours and hours and hours. Oh, but yeah. then the look on her face and the love that she showed us as a result of that, and and then seeing her walk up on the stage to graduate Saturday as an honor graduate, I wouldn't have missed that for all the world. And and JC, I yeah, do yeah. regret and I do want to apologize, and I want our audience to know, hey, both of these guys told me the date of the meetup. They asked me <laughs> if that date would work. And I Multiple said, times. I said, yes, like an idiot, not even thinking that <laughs> June the 4th is my daughter's birthday. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm going to blame it on COVID fog, but I think you that's even it. asked me before COVID even set in, but that's my yeah. excuse for everything now. Brian, you know, we definitely missed you and the COVID brain. I think it hit not only you, but some of our listeners, there's a dude by the name of Robert that showed up at the meetup. He come walking up and he goes, man, I got to apologize. I said, what's up? And he's like, look, until y'all did that live YouTube video last week, I thought you were Brian and Brian was you. <laughs> what? In the I love world? it. 
Hey, did you pull so a 20 out of your pocket? You, Robert. No, I was like, I ain't that old. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I thought it was JC absolutely. pulled his uh, RFP fam card. He said, nope, you're out. You're out yep, of the family. You're out. You're gone. <laughs> but for all the critics, just know we had a great time, and we are not one penny richer today than we were at the beginning of the weekend because that's not what the RFP meetup was about. Nate said it well. It wasn't about fame. There were no celebrities. There was no money raised. There was no donations given. It was We did all, not take uh, up an offering. No, we don't have to because we are family. <laughs> we're gathering in community, and I think that's a hard thing for people to really understand that we're not doing this podcast to get famous. We are literally doing this because we been having great conversations for a long time and we really want to help and encourage and challenge people whose lives have been negatively affected by fundamentalist legalism and help them find freedom in Jesus and yep. that what we say is what you get like that's legit absolutely but I I disagree with one thing you said there was a celebrity I saw that table with the food Kim cooked that uh, incredible food it looked amazing yes and then stood up on the platform and sang the worship songs like an absolute Man. boss master so I, yeah. I disagree there is a celebrity and yeah. it's kim to be able to cook that kind of meal and then stand up on the stage and sing that well that's pretty incredible well, we got to give credit where credit is due. It was Carrie and Kim that helped oh, wow. the food. Yeah. And so Carrie and Kim, they were the MVPs of the weekend yes, for sure. Dinner and breakfast. And I'm telling you, that fruit slush, if everybody could get a hold of that fruit slush, man, it'd bring world peace. Yeah, and we had a couple <laughs> other honorable mentions as well. Uh, Kelly showed up and yeah. just absolutely pitched in and helped us set up before. She was with the first one there and started helping us set up before anybody got there. And then Lindy, one of our moderators, yeah. showed up, and she was such a blessing. And she even got Carrie and Kim gift bags. It yes, was just like, wow. just showed them some love, which made my heart happy. We also want to thank Daniel Weinmiller because, uh, Brian, you got to understand something about this location that we had the meetup. As Chad Gamble said, it was the birthplace of Cracker Barrel. It was like the most eclectic, strange, unique, cool place you've ever been. Like, literally, there was like a steeple graveyard at the beginning oh, of it. There was mannequins everywhere. There was teepees. There was like an old western town. There was the chapel. Like, it literally was the womb of Cracker Barrel where it came from. And... uh Daniel Weinmiller set up at the front of the gate and kind of waved people back as they were we were coming back. We also want to thank Drew Wiggins and Jedi. Uh, they were incredible guys that led us in worship. And, uh, man, can't, it was just an incredible weekend all the way around. And the, undoubtedly, we're going to forget somebody. But I do want to thank the little girl that gave us the peach preserves. That was so awesome. She wrote a little label for us, and that they were really, really good. I believe that was Kelly's daughter. Yeah. And so it was. we just, man, it was it was so cool. But Nathan and Brian, here is the best news of this episode. We get to do this again in a yes, few we short do. weeks. We and get I'm together be there. for not. Yes, you are. We're going to make sure that you're there. We're going to set reminders every day, but not <laughs> just one day. We get to do this for two and a half days. Wow. in Bourbon, Missouri. Man, it is going to be incredible. It's August 26th, 27th, and 28th up in Bourbon, Missouri, and we want to see you there. I know there are some people uh, that drove, like Brett and them, they drove 10 hours to Dude. be here this weekend. 10 hours. And he texted me wow. and he said, hey, look, we had so much fun this weekend. We've canceled our trip and we are coming to Bourbon, Missouri. They've already reserved their tickets. And so spots are going to go quick. Go to recoveringfundamentalist.org and come and hang out with us in Bourbon, Missouri. It is a great, encouraging, refreshing, memorable weekend that we want to yeah. see you there. Well, you know, guys, it's awesome to know that we're ministering to people and occasionally we get we get messages that just, they blow our minds because it reminds us that what we're doing is actually being used by God. Uh, listen to this message that I received. I haven't even had a chance to share this with the two of you. I know you probably get a lot of messages like this, but I'm very thankful for the RFP. I'm a pastor in Louisiana who grew up in an IFB cult, but thankfully there was a big church split when I was young and we broke away from that church. The problem was the church that we became was just a carbon copy of the church that we had left. Mm. 
After I became a genuine believer in Christ, I broke away from my home church because there was so much legalism there, no life or love within the church. I started attending a non-denominational church and actually played in the worship band. Long story short, God called me to preach and gave me a burden to go back to my home church, and eventually I became the pastor. I've been there for about seven years, and now I'm slowly breaking them out of the legalistic IFB mindset. It's been a long road, but when I look at how far we've come, it's amazing. I thought there was no way I could leave this church because they will never be on the same page as me. But in the last five years, we have nearly tripled in size and have become a very loving, friendly, and accepting church. The reason I'm writing this is to tell you guys thank you. I never felt like I had a place or a people I could relate to, but your podcast has made me realize that I'm not alone. My goodness. Man, that is so awesome. I had a conversation with that guy, and I told him, thank you for the work that you do. We we pray for people inside of the IFB to be able to make a difference and then to hear part of our family that turned a church around. You guys know revitalization is one of the hardest things mm-hmm. to do. Church mm-hmm. planning, I think, is way easier than revitalization. But, man, yes. this guy was used by the Lord to turn this church around, and, man, they're making a difference. And this yeah. dude is full of the joy of the Lord, and, wow, what a great story. Absolutely love reading stories like that. And, uh, Brian, I tell you, this whole past weekend was just like that email. Yeah. Just getting yeah. to hear story after story after Man. story of change, of yeah. healing, of freedom, of hope. Hope, my goodness. Yeah, for the of, future, of, excited, yeah. But of also hurt and yeah. how they're not becoming bitter but getting better and how mm. God is using the hurt and helping them just go to a whole nother level. And, uh, yeah. man. There's something else that happened this weekend, and it's going to happen in Bourbon, Missouri. We gave away a lot of Free Life soap. We didn't give away a lot of Free Life soap, (laughs) and we want to thank Ms. McRibbon for helping us out at the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. You can go to recoveringfundamentalist.org, click on the Free Life soap tab, use your promo code RFP, and get 20% off of your order. Or if you sign up, and come to Bourbon, Missouri. We're giving away free life soap free to everybody at the meetup in Bourbon, Missouri. And you'll get your own RFP honorary doctorate because we put a lot of <laughs> honorary doctorates in the ministry this past weekend at <laughs> it was the dumbest thing we've that ever was done. So funny, but it was man. hilarious. We printed them on USA flag paper. And so they got an honorary <laughs> doctorate on an American flag paper. It was oh, great. Yeah. So for all of you out there that are like Brian, that are experiencing a little bit of FOMO, the fear of missing out, and you've seen all the posts, we have a gift for you tonight. Mm. We are going to share the meetup from Statesboro with you as our episode tonight. This is complete with music, singing, worship, an incredible sermon by Chad Gamble, my pastor, my friend. He brought the fire, and I could not have scripted a better word for myself and for the other RFP fam that were there. And for you that's listening tonight, this sermon is going to challenge you. And then we even have some testimonials at the end, so you do not want to miss this episode. This is our thank you to you, those of you who couldn't make it, and also, to prime the pump a little bit to get you to do whatever it takes to meet us in Bourbon, Missouri. Brian just got a little nervous. He didn't know what FOMO was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you what I was actually thinking. I'm going to be looking forward to when this episode comes out, and I'm actually going to be a listener because I'm going to want to get every bit of what's going to be on this episode. Oh, man, it is so good. Well, let's not waste any more time. Let's jump right into it. Y'all ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. The Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast starts in three. You know what makes women stupid is college. Jesus was not a bartender. Hi, man. Two. You have lost. Your mind. Long tongue heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches. And you know that. Say amen right there. One. Let me tell you something, Bozo. They'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy. Put on a pair of pink underwear. Amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age.
you so much, God. And uh, we thank you for family. Thank you for community. Thank you for the fact that we can gather in this incredibly weird place in the backwoods of Georgia. And uh, how you brought us from literally all walks of life uh, in different areas of life right now. Uh, but through uh, just your providence, Father, you brought us together. And uh, we're here sitting in a chapel in South Georgia. And uh, yeah, we're excited to just be amongst family. And uh, there's so many stories in this room of your mercy and your grace. And God, we thank you for uh, what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. And uh, there's a lot of us in this room that are further along this journey and some that are still uh, processing. There's some that have uh, gotten out and are looking back and are going through some other stuff. God, we, we all have stories. And I just pray over these next few hours, tomorrow, uh, we'll just have opportunity to just uh, find a refreshing place you say that you're a fortress and a refuge. You are a quick place to hide, yes. but you're also a fortress that is built for intentional security, and we can rest in that, knowing that no matter what comes in life, we've got you. And God, we just thank you for uh, the hope that we have in you. And uh, I pray tonight, as we just gather, and uh, we uh, sing, hear from your word, God, you'll just be glorified, and that we can leave this weird place in a little bit, just saying how good God is. And uh, that's what it's all about. It's all about you. And so for these next few moments, we're just going to lift up our voice. We're going to sing to you. And uh, we're going to lift high the name of Jesus. It's in your strong, incredible name, the name of Jesus, we pray. We worship now. Amen. 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 Let's stand and sing yes. Saul's name and turn the page. <laughs> Let's worship the king tonight, y'all. We're here to worship, and y'all just let loose, man. Y'all just let loose. Kim, you want to come up here and leave with us?
Jesus some praise. Yeah. We'll do this one. Y'all probably don't know it, but uh, <laughs> I hear the Savior say. to the middle of 
the origin of Cracker Barrel. <laughs> so I came in. How many? How many were driving in, and you're like, "This has got to be a joke." <laughs> Is this JC being funny? Because <laughs> that dude's funny. And uh, but wow, this is incredible. I'm probably going to be very afraid leaving, though. I probably am making an escort out. But uh, tonight, I just want to try to help you. And I would love for us to be able to bind our hearts even closer together. What has unified this group and bonded this group has probably been pain, probably been some suffering, probably been some church hurt like some people wouldn't really understand unless they're in this building. There's been some abuse that has happened and you are that picture or that poster child for that abuse whether it happened from a pastor whether it happened even in our upbringing whatever that could look like and what I've learned at 43 it could either make me really bitter or it could position me to make me really better. And I have chosen in my life to direct all that attention that was sort of placed before me and in my life. I've positioned myself now and postured myself towards success as I've followed him and him alone. He is my all-sufficient. He is my all-in-all. All. I have never loved him more than I love him now. I have never understood him more than I understand him now. He is my Heavenly Father. We've been preaching out of the book of Galatians. And we just talked about how Paul, he says these words and he calls out and he tells these Galatians, he says, to cry out to him, Abba, Father. And there's a beautiful thing there that it's reverent, but at the same time, it is extremely personal. And growing up, I had a certain reverence for him, but I didn't have that personal relationship, that deep-seated personal relationship where I had to be baptized in anguish and when I came back up I was different I was completely utterly changed by his mercy and grace and I promise for every one of you if we gave you a microphone if we had it you would probably justify and say the same thing and even testify of God's goodness and grace in your life and so tonight we talk about your journey so every one of you have been on a journey to get here and if we were to look at a span, if we were to look at some sort of a timeline tonight from start to finish where you began, where you're going, what that's going to look like in your timeline, many of you are going to be on different spectrums. Some of you will have been just early out. Some of you right now, you're already feeling like, man, I just hope nobody knows where I'm here. You know, I just, please keep this on the dead down though, right? I mean, just like, please don't say nothing, right? And then we got other people in the room, and man, I mean, you're just completely out. You're like, woo! I mean, you're like ready to go, right? I mean, you're like, I am living my best life. And, uh, and for that, you know, it's contagious. For that, that is just extremely amazing. I'm thankful that I'm sort of in that season of life right now, and I never thought I'd be in a position to speak and share with you how important it is to do this one thing in the journey, and that's to try to enjoy it. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, you can grow weary and well-doing, and you can lose faith and focus, and it all can almost come to the point because I have friends that I love dearly that are no longer in the ministry that dealt with less than what I dealt with. And there's some of you that would testify tonight that there was those moments that you're like, forget it, I'm walking away. Husbands and wives that held hands that were at odds against each other. And you said, I don't know how I'm going to do it. We're just not going to do it anymore. You went searching. You didn't think this church would ever be replaced by another church. But yet there was God in that journey guiding you and leading you and making a way in the desert. And sort of placing a path when you didn't think there was going to be a path. And when you thought there was going to be hope. And you thought there would never be people again that would understand you and love you and care for you. And you found community. And now all of a sudden, can you feel that? The Holy Spirit's up in the place. So can you understand that now God is the one at the whole entire time leading you and guiding you? So I want to share something with you. As I was asked to do this really cool thing. God gave me this verse, and I just thought it was so awesome. In Psalm 37, in verse 25, he says, I have been young, and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. 
He is ever lending generously, and his children become a blessing. Turn away from evil and do good, so shall you dwell forever. For the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake the saints. They are preserved forever, but the children of the wicked shall be cut off. Can I say it again for those in the back? I know this was really a short place, but I want to say it again. I have been young, and now I am old. I started the journey when I was just young. My dad planted churches. I was born in Lynchburg, Virginia, while my dad was attending Liberty. Well, it wasn't Liberty at the time. It was Thomas Road Bible Institute. And so after that, then he planted churches in North Dakota on the backside of the desert, y'all. I mean, he moves from Kingsport, Tennessee to this little town of Lynchburg, Virginia, which was booming at that time to him. And, and then they moved from Lynchburg, Virginia to right in the smack dab of winter to Mandan or Bismarck, North Dakota. I mean, there was so much moisture in their dash because they were from this humid south that when they got to North Dakota, his dash literally just split open because of the absolute deep freeze that they were in at the time. And I grew up there. I grew up in Beulah, North Dakota, while my dad, with his own bare hands, planted a church and dug out the footers and loved on a bunch of farmers, and they loved on him. I got a chance to see the most amazing things that at a young age, I had no idea what God was doing. I didn't know any better. I had a great life. Don't ever feel sorry for me. I had an amazing life. My parents were phenomenal, reared me right, taught me right, and I grew to love the Lord. But I also grew up in a very, very strict environment. And I grew up to obey the rules, but not understand why I was doing a lot of the rules. How many ever grew up in this context that mom or dad would say, do it, and then you would ask a question, and they would say, just because. I said so. And then later I found out that in this really neat passage in the Bible, it says, for fathers not to provoke your children to wrath. And the word provoke means confuse. I grew up in confusion a lot because I was never really explained. I wasn't a bad kid. I just needed an extra explanation. I wasn't rebellious. Well, I kind of was. But I mean, <laughs> I just needed that extra explanation. And the Bible does say for children to obey their parents in the Lord for that is right. And so as I grew up in an environment that sort of forced conformity, I bucked against it later on. I got to the point where I had created such havoc, massive havoc, that my dad had to step down from his church. I was an absolute trainer and a dumpster fire of a young man. And so I had two options. I could either go to a boy's home or they were going to move to North Carolina and put me in gospel light Christian school in Walkertown, North Carolina. Could somebody give me that amen? Bobby Robertson and Steve Robertson was my youth pastor and coach, and I got a chance to go there, and while I was there, I heard guys like Billy Kelly and Chapel, and, and then my dad started taking us around all the camp meetings, and one way or the other, I wasn't going to go to a boys' home, but he's going to try to get as much of that in me as he possibly could, so I would sit there and white knuckle every service, man. I didn't understand what conviction was. I was under massive conviction. I was running a thousand miles in the wrong direction. And my dad knew. I just He just wanted to get me under that fire. Now listen. Some of that stuff. I would sit there and be like. This is stupid. This is the dumbest thing. People are running around. Man. I mean this is the craziest thing. But well did I know that God was going to use that environment. In the Holy Spirit's power. To draw me in. And to break me. Of that that the world had a hold of. And at that point, I finally kind of surrendered. And senior year, I surrendered my life to full-time Christian service at the Wilds. Anybody ever been at the Wilds? Come on. <laughs> and I surrendered my life to full-time Christian service, still rebellious. And then I decided to go off to Crown College. Some people call it Clown College. I was goofy. I didn't have to wear the hat. I mean, I was always making jokes, being goofy. But I went off to Crown College, and there... God got a hold of me, called me to preach, but then I was right smack dab in the middle of a whole different kind of culture. I remember getting on campus for the very first time, and after being exposed in North Carolina to a whole different way of worship, I showed up to, to Crown and called my dad, like literally the next week, I said, God ain't nowhere near this place. Oh, my spirit ain't 
time, they end on time, they're worried about their radio service and all their television. I mean, I was like giving them down the road. But God was working in my life. It was a journey. I look back and I think so many times there was moments that I look back and say, what was I doing? How many, how many of you asked a bunch of questions? Are you asking questions whatever place you're at? Are you saying the what, the when, the where, right? Lord, what? What are you doing? Lord, why? Why, are you, why did you let me go down this path? Have you ever looked at all these questions and then just try to figure it all out and realize you don't have the answers? You don't understand the why? You don't understand the what? But you know that along the way, God is in that journey. He has been there with you. He's never forsaken you. He, he's never let you ever be begging because he's always provided. Come on, you know? I mean, God has always, he's always been there. And so for me, as I, as I traveled through that journey, then God opened me up to go to different churches. And it seemed like everywhere that I went that first year, first church I went to, I mean, I just got annihilated. I got crushed. I just destroyed. I picked up the pieces, went to another church, and people rallied around me and, and just loved on me. And there I spent many years. So I spent almost 20 years in youth ministry. And then God places me to plant a church. I would have never, I would have clutched your face. If you would have said, you're going to pastor a church one day. No, I'm not. I'll do something else. And God had something different for me. And so in the journey, he taught me some things. And I want to share that with you. The number one thing he taught me was to enjoy the journey. How important it is to pause. How important it is to somehow, some way have a change of perspective. They say this, and this is true, and I believe this will be true for you this weekend. A change of place and a change of pace is a change of perspective. A change of place and a change of pace is a change of perspective. See, I didn't see my life the way that I needed to see it. By the way, I didn't see Christ the way I needed to see Him. I didn't understand grace at all. I didn't understand the depth of his love at all until I was baptized into certain anguish. And by the way, can I say this and say this with true love and, 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 and deep compassion? No one intentionally hurt me. No one set out to try to somehow destroy Chad Gamble. There's well-intentioned people that are just lost and blinded. And I am so thankful that God allowed me to break loose. I had a pastor, Larry Pearson, in Anderson, South Carolina, that the very first week that I sat in his office, he said this, Chad, I just want to let you know that in legalism, you'll either break out of it or you'll break under it. And that was his phrase. You'll either break out of it or you'll break under it. And for me, I had the opportunity from a gracious man that loved the Lord and had true balance. He taught me how to enjoy the journey. If you love Christian music, then you probably know this song. It's been a long journey, but I have been blessed. Right? You know that one? Well, it truly has been an incredible journey. And I have learned to enjoy the journey, too. I've had to learn to realize that I can mess up my own journey. There's mistakes that I make. And it's easy to sometimes be the victim. If you have been victimized in this room, if there's somebody, something's happened to you, I can honestly say I can identify. But I will also tell you this, that there's a God that is long-suffering and he is trustworthy and he has been there the very moment that that pain came into your life. See, what the enemy loves to do is to paint this picture in our mind. And for some people, they're bleeding. Some of you, I'll be honest with you, I don't know you. I hope to know you. I hope to be an encouragement. I want to be able to pray for you, have love on you. I got my dynamic duo partner, Nathan. I mean, he's as real as, as you're ever going to find. We both would be sincere to be there for you in any way that we could. But there are some people that walked in this very evening and you're bleeding. And you'll either bleed on the people that cut you. Or you'll bleed on the people that didn't. And sadly, so many of us have been deeply wounded. And then we ran like an injured deer. I went hunting one time with a friend. And we found an old deer in the woods. And it had been quite a trophy animal. But 
We didn't kill it. We found its remains. So somebody had already shot it. And with close inspection, we found that that deer had been shot at different times. The actual kill wound of the deer was pretty fresh, but it had been wounded. It was an old deer. It had been in the woods. And what you find about a deer, if you're a deer hunter, if it is wounded, if it is shot, it will run into the woods and it can potentially try to heal itself. But at the same time, there can be maimed deers that just live for years maimed. And I will tell you this, for some Christians, they can be wounded and just learn to live and learn to go in the journey, but never really get healed. Wow. And there's some of you right now, you're bleeding in your marriage because somebody else hurts you. You're taking things out on people that don't need to have it taken out on. Mm -hmm. There's some of you that just can't seem to reconcile that the world you lived in could provide that kind of pain, but yet we live in a broken world. And so for you to get truly healthy and to truly get happy and to enjoy that journey, you're going to have to understand that not all pain comes from other people. Sometimes it can also be our own self by holding on to things that he wants us to let go. I had to give forgiveness to people that would never ask me for it. And I had to let that go. And by the way, I can't tell you I got it together. There's still people that will trigger me. And if they walked in, I'd probably drop kick them. <laughs> okay, let me that. I'd probably have JC drop kick them and then I'd just give up to JC. Yeah. So, we all have a story. We all have things that we've experienced. But can you testify with me that you have never been in a position that he has ever left you or forsaken? I've been young. Now I'm a little old. And I've never seen the righteous bed. And he's been a provider. He's made a way when I thought there was no way. When I laid on my belly and literally wet the carpet with my tears, and I thought there was no way I was ever going to move forward. Listen, I slipped a resignation letter to the church that I love more than anything, and that pastor had enough grace to slip it right back to me and say, no, son, not this time. I've had people along the way that showed me what it really means, so now I have the opportunity to change some things in my life. My children will grow up differently. The people that I lead, they will be led differently. I will live a life differently. I will be the person that I should have had to be that type of leader. And you have the same opportunity. Every one of you in every context. It doesn't matter whether you're a pastor, a preacher, a teacher. Hey, listen, it doesn't matter what it is. Every one of you have a certain calling on your life. So we got to learn to enjoy the journey. we got to learn, number two, that not all the pain comes just from those people. Sometimes they're self-inflicted. And number three, you ready? He's not finished yet. Y'all, come on. Come on, put, push it right now. He is not finished yet. Okay. Man, I'm thankful for the fact that at 43, he's just now starting to use me in a way that I could have only dreamed about 20 years ago. And in the journey, he's been faithful, and he's been good, and he's been loving. And even those, yes, yeah, some people hurt me. They're not hurting me no more. And for years I bled, but I'm not bleeding no more. I learned some things recently as God is stretching me and growing me. And one of the things that I've learned through a group of men that's pouring into me is that I'm only as strong in my Christian faith and in the feeling of the Holy Spirit, I am only as strong as my deepest confession. The greatest legacy that we can leave behind is a fully confessed life. And in confession is going to come us talking to the Father about our hurt, our pain, our suffering, and those that have done that to us, or us that have even done that to others. Hurting people sometimes hurt people. And so what an opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, 
that we have that God can push the reset button, man, I'm thankful that there's a God of second chances. I'm thankful that we can go back in the Old Testament and find that he can take the clay, throw it back on the wheel, and do it again. He's doing it again. He's doing it again. And I'm telling you, there's not just 100 people in this room or whatever it is that's coming to this. I'm telling you, there is a massive amount, a movement of monumental proportion that is going to blow the socks off, if not be a whole nother kind of movement like we've never seen of people that are going to say no more. We are not going to run anymore and not enjoy the journey. We're going to enjoy the journey. We're going to stop bleeding on people. No more of this because why? He's not finished yet. Come on. He's not finished with you. And maybe this is your opportunity this very weekend to say, Lord, here it is. I'm giving it all back. Fresh start, new beginning. No retreats, no returns, no regrets. I'm going all in. Let's go. We're moving forward. Come on. God's too good. Jesus is way too sweet. And life is way too short for us to stop now. And you're going to look at me and say, you know what? Easier said than done, rich man. And I'll say, I've been there, done that. And I wore around that battered and tore up t-shirt for all too long. Get you a new one. And then you'll have to recover in front of me podcast. <laughs> so listen, I'm going to pray with you. Would you let me? This isn't an invitation, but this is a way that I can genuinely, truly care for you tonight. But how many would say this with your head bowed? And I, just, I just, you know, if you want to keep eyes on, that's fine with you. But I just want to really encourage you and help you. But how many would say tonight, man, you've been wounded in the battle. You've come to a place that there's some scars, some, some bleeding, some hurt. And tonight, you, you recognize that there is a better day ahead. That you would you raise your hand? This last thing I want to ask you. It may be part of why you're here, it may not, but I mean say this. You are searching right now in your life. You're searching for something real, for something genuine, authentic, and you want God to show you where that is. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Lord Jesus. I don't know the hearts. I can guess some things tonight. But Lord, I know that I know that you know every person in this room. You know their deepest thoughts, their intents. You know every single thing that has happened in their journey. That God to bring us to this intersection here in Statesboro, Georgia. Lord, so I pray that, Lord, that you meet their needs. I pray that, God, that you would rise this army up, Lord, and and raise them up to the point of true health. And Lord, may they be mentally healthy, spiritually healthy. I pray, God, that if there's wounds here tonight that's still bleeding, I pray, God, that you take your hand. And Lord, through your Holy Spirit, God, that you be able to comfort and heal. And God, take them through. May there be a testimony. May there be someone, Lord, in a different place along the journey that can share this positive encouragement to bring them along. May there be community that's found, new relationships, Lord, that blossom. And I pray, God, that you would just anoint each and every person, Lord, as they have taken out of their time and, Lord, out of their efforts to be here for a purpose and, I believe, a plan that you have. And, God, you're starting something so real. And then, Lord, for those folks that raise their hand that they're searching, Lord, I know that they'll find what they're looking for because, Lord, you're right here. So I pray, God, that they would find it. I pray, God, that you lead them and guide them by your spirit. Lord, may you lead them in a plain path of righteousness for your name's sake. Lord Jesus, have your will away. God, we pray in your precious and wonderful and powerful. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Hey, my name is Nick and I'm at the RFP meetup at Statesboro and I just wanted to share why I appreciate the RFP. Uh, when I was coming out of the Independent Fundamental Baptist, the legalistic background, um, I didn't have anything like this and I'm grateful for a program that people can tune into whether um, knowingly or secretly to be able to um, have uh, questions answered and to be able to know that there's a family out there for them that they can turn to that uh, supports them, that's praying for them, that really is um, in the fight with them. And really, as the slogan says, truth does not fear a challenge, um, that they can have those questions answered and they can hear biblical truth in context so that they know what is true and they can wrestle with that and they can seek God on what is true and what is error. Dr. Adam Bray here, just received my honorary doctorate today at the RIP meetup. I'm so excited to be here in Statesboro, Georgia today and just thankful for RIP and how that they have just come alongside people who have gone through everything from being hurt to the negativity to just wanting to live their life the way Christ wants them to live their life. And that's what it comes down to. These guys are genuine, they're authentic, and that's one thing I appreciate about them is how they come alongside us. They're not just voices that we hear on a weekly basis. They're voices that are there for us. They answer emails, they put people in touch with us. They're there for us and I appreciate it so much. Hi, my name is Fisher Brewer and the RFP helped me fight for my beard at school. My name is Brett Martin here at the RFP Meetup and uh, I have just really grown to love the podcast and listen to it. And when I came out of fundamentalism and went right into pastor in another church, I didn't realize the baggage that I was carrying with me. I didn't realize the hurt I still had. I thought, man, I'm out, I'm done, and that's it, it's over. And the more I listened to the podcast, then, and the more I heard these stories of people going through what I went through, and I realized that there were things in my life that I hadn't dealt with, and I was still hurting, and there was still pain, and I didn't know how to process it. And now that I have this community of people and this family that, that we just come together and I can get past this hurt that I've been holding on to for so long and I don't have to hold on to it anymore. And I'm just so thankful for people uh, like you guys just speaking to us and it's from the bottom of my heart, thank you for basically giving us a voice. Thank you very much. Hi, my name is Emily Martin, and I went to the same college as Matt Dudley. Dudley won't tell what name it is. <laughs> and I'm thankful for the RFP because it has radically helped me and my husband, not only with us, but also how to raise our children out of ISB. Um, my name is Bill Lancaster. Here's my wife, Tiffany, at the uh, RFP meetup here in Statesboro. And uh, one of the main reasons I'm thankful for the RFP is that we saw our second oldest daughter uh, get saved through listening to one of the podcast episodes. It was uh, the podcast where Nathan was giving his testimony. Um, and during the middle of that podcast, my daughter was shaking and trembling and asked me to stop the podcast and told me, Dad, I need to get saved. And I was able to take the Bible and walk her through the scriptures and she got saved that night. And so if nothing else, Besides all the other blessings the podcast has been, nothing else, her getting saved is, uh, makes me more than thankful for the RFP podcast and the impact it's making in our lives and the lives of so many listeners. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your t-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.